human sex traffic, trafficking oh, and yeah, sex we slave about, about or to bring slave. It, bring it to the front. We, we at least, are. At least for an hour. We are. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to get it, go anywhere else. I just want to, without further ado, let's, let's bring Mr. Tim Ballard on air. Marcus, listen, man. You know, normally I come out and and I, you know, it's it's I'm over the top. I'm I'm I I, I feel like I'm gonna bust out at my seams. Mm-hmm. I feel, but this one is different, dude. Because this one, man, I feel God in my heart right now with the man that's coming on this show. I feel as I'm sitting here staring at his face on that screen. I feel God is about ready to come and drop some knowledge on it. I don't know if you're feeling that, but I'm feeling that right now, brother. All right, well, let's see. So, listeners, I want you to realize that it's it's rare in your life that you have an opportunity to truly work one of God's, or listen to, or meet, or, or be a part of, or exposed to one of God's true apostles. So without further ado, I want to introduce Mr. Tim Ballard. Tim, thank you for coming on, brother. Wow, wow thank you. That was an amazing introduction. I don't He's good at those, that, right? But I appreciate it. <laughs> He gets those feelings in the morning when he and they're. I mean, they make I, you. They make you feel good. I, I feel good for you, Tim. <laughs> I can't help it, dude. I mean, no, it's good. <laughs> when when you know when God comes inside, man, you got to let him yeah. out, right? And <laughs> and we do that by sharing with each other our true emotions and our. <clears throat> all right, good. Well, Tim, man, you know, before we get into your greatest never quit story or stories and all that, we gotta we gotta. We got to loosen up a little bit. And the way we loosen up, the way we stretch out and yeah, loosen up and try and, and try and get a little blood flow to all of Marcus's steel that are, is keeping his spine and his body. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about that power surge <laughs> <laughs> and that cold weather shift. I, I never asked you, you when you got metal moving. I never asked you when you got struck by lightning. Did your metal feel weird? Yeah. Uh, uh, I could I could feel it, and every now and again I'll make a turn or something like that, and I can feel it as well. But when my, my teeth were floating re- real bad, and my hands are numb, and yeah, every spot that I had tie, that, all that metal was numb. <laughs> That's another. I, story. It didn't hurt, but I, I just long story too. Like, <laughs> all right, all right, Tim. I can't, I can't believe you were struck. You were struck by lightning, Marcus. A couple of, but it was it now. October <laughs> last Octo- end of September, yeah, so October, October, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I got hit. Jeez, it's unbelievable. Uh, it, wow. it, it's been an interesting few months. Yeah, to say caught the me least. on fire, knocked me out. It was a, it was a, it was a good <laughs> and, one. And like I show up and he he drops that. He's like, dude, I just got struck by lightning yeah. yesterday. I was like, what? All the TVs, the DVD, everything was blown out, right? <laughs> I got blown out too, man. Like into this garbage can. Well, we can talk about it later. Like... <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, dude. And and don't worry if if you go down a rabbit hole, that's good on this show, Tim. That's what we look for. Okay, to, good because right? I, I I'm good at that. So all right, awesome, awesome. So are we? Right. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, you are the best on the planet on it. All right, so we're gonna get started. We're gonna warm up. We're gonna we're gonna exercise your gray matter. We're gonna push your cognitive reconstruction right now. Uh, with the Mad Minute. And the Mad Minute is a rapid fire. First thing pops into your mind, type answer questions, and then maybe a little bit of explanation if we get the doozies, mm-hmm. which we always do. Uh, and that's how we roll. So are you ready, Tim? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. All right, Marcus, you fire away, bud. All right. Favorite superhero? Uh, Superman. It's two in a row, right? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, have you ever felt invincible, Tim? No. Nice. Favorite movie character you'd like to play out in real life? 
Indiana Jones. These are easy. Negates my... <laughs> Your next question, doesn't it? All right, if you had to get in a fight with one, who would it be? Arnold Schwarzenegger or uh, Sylvester Stallone? Wow. I'd, I'd probably go with Arnold. He's looking a little... Uh, <laughs> A little flabbier than, than Sly these days. Yeah, we got it. You know what we got to do? Because that's becoming the recurrent. <laughs> we, all right, Arnold command, from Commando and Sly from Rambo 2. Ooh, okay. What about Rocky Yikes. 4? <laughs> Is Marcus with me or am I by myself? Yeah, no, you got Marcus. You got Marcus for sure. <laughs> Go ahead, Marcus. Fire away, bud. Sing a song as good as the artist who sings it. Super Bowl halftime. What song would it be? What song, man? Um, you know, I would. I'd have to go with the Star Spangled Banner. Ah, yeah, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> who? That's what I'd go with. And who threw and out Gaga the other day? Would I have sing it? I'd have uh, Alex Boyer sing it. No, no, you're, you're singing. It. No, you're, you're singing, singing it. bud. You're singing. You sing it as good <laughs> as the person who sings it at at Super Bowl halftime. What song would you sing? Um, I would sing the Star Spangled Banner. I yeah, guess. good one. We had yeah. somebody come up. Yeah, I think it was Nick Irvin, the yeah, Reaper. Said, yeah, the Reaper. Reaper said <laughs> Lady Gaga's version of the. It's like, oh. Absolutely, Gaga smashed that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, all right. Here, here you go. Give us one item from your bucket list. I'd like to. Um, I'd like to to skydive. Never done that. I got a parachute downstairs. Yeah, we the- just got a parachute in the mail downstairs <laughs> that we True could- story. <laughs> it is a true yeah. story. And, I, and we didn't order it. <laughs> God bless the boss, right? <laughs> yeah. One of the things that come in the mail around here would make your head spin, dude. It's awesome. Well, you're going to have to go with Red on that one, because, and this is really no secret, man. Uh, I, Marcus Luttrell does not like jumping out of airplanes. I hated it. I hated it. At all. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, I couldn't stand it, man. I like the water jumps were fun. Daytime oh, yeah. water oh, yeah. jumps. Daytime water jumps, right? Yeah, in the UDTs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, last question. What is your greatest failure? Ooh, I have a lot of a lot of those. Um, I think my 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 greatest failure is um, not spending enough time with my kids. Yeah. Being, being gone too much. Amen. It kills me. It yeah, just, it destroys me. So we we both know what what that one's like, dude, for sure, man. We <laughs> yeah. we feel we talk about it all. When the they time. get old enough to to understand when you're leaving. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just my daughter today. I was FaceTiming her on her way to school, and and uh, she was like, "Papa, why do you why do you have to be gone so much?" And and you know that just rips right through your heart, dude. So, uh, but thanks for being honest. Thanks for the questions. That's our mad minute. And uh, so now uh, let's pivot and. and Tim, the reason why people come to the Team Never Quit podcast is because they're facing adversity. They're they're struggling to overcome those unending obstacles that we call the combat of life. Uh, you know, they're battling what I call the negative insurgency that's perpetually beating them down, and they're searching for something that they can grab onto, something that they can get a hold of to inspire them to become great themselves to become legends themselves and and to be fulfilled with that that never quit mindset so if you could would you please share with us your greatest never quit story or stories sure absolutely it was um it was 2012 Uh, i was uh i had i had been a special agent undercover operator for the u.s government 
for the Department of Homeland Security working child trafficking cases. Um, again, doing that for about 12 years at that point. Uh, and uh, two things happened within a couple of months of each other. One, I was sent to, um, to Bogota, Colombia to do a training at the U.S. Embassy to train uh, the federal uh, law enforcement in Colombia how to, how to do child trafficking cases, how to find the kids. And um, we, we, we went down there and, you know, you guys have been through government trainings where it's check oh, yeah. the box and no one does anything and everyone goes home. Yeah. I was so tired, so tired of that, that I actually made a, like, just a decision on the spot while I'm sitting in this room. It's like, a you know, the, the, the leveled seating on the, um, about 20 federal agents, Colombian. And I just said, you know what? I closed the laptop and I said, we're not going to do this. Um, I'm not going to do this training. Uh, I could get in trouble, but wow. we're going to do a case. We're going to do a real case. We're going to end this training with rescuing kids. So we spent the three days devising a plan, and they said, "Oh, we got to start in Cartagena. That's that's the you know the the country on the coast with yeah. a lot of tourism and sex trafficking." And so we we put together this plan, and the plan required me and my t- and my undercover team to come back down and infiltrate the the market there because. Uh, these traffickers like to deal with Americans because Americans, unfortunately, are the ones who are traveling and engaging in sex with these kids. So it's a lot easier Crazy. for for Americans to to, to access the, the the real traffickers. So we set it up, and I said, "I'll be back," and I'm excited. And I went home, and then something else happened about that same time. And, and it all makes sense. This, both these stories. I met a man from Haiti, uh, who um, his name is uh, Gesno Marty, and Gesno uh, he he. Uh, he has six children, mm-hmm. and one of his kids um, was born in, in the United States while he was on. Him and his wife were on extended uh, ca- a campaign to to raise money for their orphanage. Right. They run a, a, a an orphanage in, in Haiti, and uh, during that time, their little their, their little boy named Gardy was born, and then moved back to Haiti, and Gardy was was kidnapped oh. um, from his from his church. Three years old, oh. kidnapped, trafficked, and. So I come home from Colombia and I meet this man for the first time and he's telling me his story. Uh, and I had read his story because the boy was born in, in Utah. I was living in Utah at the time. And so I, I flew him up and I said, What's, tell me about your son and who's looking for him. And he proceeded to tell me that no one was looking for him. Uh, that it wasn't, it fell outside the purview of the U.S. government because it was a, it was a case dealing in Haiti. And he, he told me, he said, you know, um, Tim, I... Uh, uh, he said, I asked him, what's being done to find your child? And he said, well, let me ask you a question, Tim. He says, do you have children? I said, yeah, I've got kids. And he said, could you sleep at night knowing that one of your kids' beds was empty? Oh. You had no idea where that child was. I said, there's no way There's no way I could even think about sleeping. He says, well, I haven't slept since Gardy was taken. And he's proceeded to tell me that every night he picks, arbitrarily picks some neighborhood in, in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and walks down the street hoping that, He'll hear his son cry. Oh. And, and I said, I said, and, and I'm, I'm just crying. I'm listening to this story. And, I, and then I said, you know, guess what? That is a really bad investigative plan. I mean, it's, it's, we, we got to help you. So I made these two promises. I'm going to help this man in Haiti find his son. And I'm going to help the, ha- the uh, Colombian authorities do a big trafficking case that we had planned. Big. And then within a couple of weeks, I come to realize I can't do either in my current job. Uh, the government was very clear. I can't. I can't. Th- these are cases that are outside the purview of the, of the U.S. government. There's no budget for it. There's no mandate for it. Right. It's. It's. And and I couldn't argue with them. They, they were good guys. I mean, 
they were right. I had, I had, I had promised something I couldn't deliver. And so I came home talking to my wife and I was like, I gotta, I gotta quit. Wow. I, I, I've made these promises, but I can't do anything. And, and my wife, bless her soul, who's just a hundred times better than I am in every way. She said, well, you've got to, you've got to fulfill the promise. Now, mind you, I've got six kids, right? Oh my gosh. She says, and she says, the only way you're going to be able to save these kids is if you quit your job. You got to quit your job and go find them. And um, I said, are you, are you crazy? You got to quit the job that you were doing that was designed for you to go do that in order to go do it. It's nuts. Right. But but I I tried every other option. I couldn't even do it on my own time because there's a conflict of interest if I were to do that with my, you know, you've got, you've been in the government, you know, all the different rules. And, and so I was like, what do I do? And, and so my wife said, well, let's, let's, let's start up a, start a nonprofit and see if someone will come help. And, and let's, let's get going. Let's go. You got to go find these kids. Well, I, I mean, I can't even fundraise because I, I, as a government agent, I can't, and I can't leave with nothing there. Yeah. So luckily I, I, I had a, a friend of mine who's actually, I, I think friends of, with Marcus as well, Glenn Beck. Oh yeah. Um, and Glenn, Glenn, uh, I was just with him last week. I was on a show last week. Um, um, I, I, I said, Glenn, I, I told Glenn my predicament. And, you know, <laughs> uh, unbelievable guy. Because I was in the room with his attorneys when I told them the story. They said, there's no way, Glenn, you can do this. You, you can't get involved in rescuing. You're, you're a broadcaster. You're a news guy. And Glenn looks at, 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 at his attorney with tears in his eyes. And he says, I will not meet my maker one day and tell, and tell him I did nothing. Wow. So he says, Tim, what do you need? So Glenn raised me the money in about three weeks time. And, and it, it was enough to get me through like maybe six months yeah. <laughs> before yeah. I had no food on my table. Yeah. So I'm still crap. I'm still you know, scared out of my mind. So I got to give my, the, the credit to my wife on this one. Um, because I remember one point, even when the money started coming in, I said, I can't do it. I, this, it's, it's not enough I mean, I, I had a government pension waiting for me. I, I had eight more years <laughs> yeah. and I was done forever. Wow. Right? Um, and if I walk away now, I lose it all. And I won't get the job back very easily if I walk away from it. And uh, I said, hon, this, you know, tell my wife, this path looks so, it looks so uh, clear ahead. This, 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 stay with the government, get my pension. This path over here is dark and yeah, mysterious. And, what's, and then she, she said something. She basically said the same thing Glenn told his attorney, right? She said, wait a minute, <laughs> when you factor God into the equation, and exactly. we had felt called, we had felt called many times, several experiences where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to do this. Yep. Uh, and, sh- and she said, when you think about that meeting that Glenn ref- referenced, you're going to have that meeting with your maker. A- and now how do those two paths look? <laughs> and all of a sudden, that, that image of meeting my maker, all of a sudden, the path that looked light before became dark, and the dark path... Oh, Looked bright, you know, because uh, I, I was going to have a good meeting with him. So, so uh, December of 2013, I, I, I turned in my, <laughs> my gun and my badge. Um, and, and, um, and the pressure, I mean, I mean, Glenn, right. Glenn sticks his neck out. If I don't deliver something. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he had his people. He oh, has that's kind of what I was going to say. This is absolute now when you got somebody backing oh. you up, when you're out there talking the talk and then it's like, all right, here you go. But it's, but it's yeah. faith driven though. Right. And you're feeling that. That's the thing. If I didn't have that, if I didn't have the faith part of it, it never would have happened because I, I knew that I was supposed to do it. And so I knew that God wouldn't ask me to do something that, that, that he didn't pro- pro- you know, provide a way for me to, to, to accomplish. Right. So, 
So off we went. The first tickets we bought, we bought to Haiti and to Colombia. And um, I grabbed a team. Um, I put together a team, and, and it was actually the best team I'd ever worked with because huh. you know when you're in the government, you, you're limited to Absolutely. your agency and your unit, right? Yeah. But here I, I had the advantage. I had guys. I had Army Special Forces guys. Yeah, I had big pool. a couple of uh, a SEAL who had retired who came with me. Um, a CIA guys. So I had this like dream team where I had every kind of element covered. I, and I called the Colombians. I said, guys, I'm late. I'm late, but I'm coming. And, and by the way, I don't have a badge anymore. I hope that's not going to cause a problem. One. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they said, Tim, we didn't care when you had a badge before. It didn't mean anything in our country. <laughs> I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, I guess you, you I forget that point, when so. we're over there, right? You're like, oh, hey, you I, think you know, I, got these cred, I got these creds here. And they're like, well, I, you know, I can't even read that. <laughs> I got, here's my diplomatic passport <laughs> and I can do anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they said, they said, come on down. So we go down. And we, we start the, now this plan, the blueprints were had been written up already, uh, but it was like a year earlier, a year and a half earlier. So here we come and we, we start implementing this plan. So we, we, we go into Cartagena and um, man, we, it, it was unbelievable. And, the, and you know, really God opened the doors and showed us the darkness, wow. showed us the, the, the worst of the worst. So we, we, the Colombians, and we always work with the government. We don't, we're not a rogue or a vigilante group, right? So we sit down with the prosecutors and they say, we're so glad you're here. Here's what I need you to do. And they start telling me about these islands called the Baru Islands. That are, it's, about, it's about an hour boat ride off of the coast of Cartagena. Uh-huh. So I need you and your team, they told us, to go sit on the beach. It's called Playa Blanca. This beautiful, classic Caribbean, but kind of primitive still. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of hotels. Just sit on that beach and wait for a trafficker to come up. And offer you children. And I was like, no way. Is it gonna, I mean, I've been in this game for 15, 15 yeah. years. I mean, that's going to happen. They said, yes. But the problem is that they're telling me we don't have money to even send our guys out there. There's zero enforcement on these islands, which is why it's a hub for child sex tourism. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and they can't, it costs like 25, 40 bucks or whatever to get over there. And they don't have that kind of money. I mean, we're filling their gas, their, their cars up with gas just to drive. Oh my gosh. So they said, we've got to attack this island. So I go out there. I say, I'm sitting on the island. I'm not there 15 minutes. And I've got hidden cameras all over. Right. I've got hidden cam- sunglasses, hidden camera, water bottle, hidden camera, audio, video. I'm sitting there with three of us. We're sitting there. And, and this guy walks up to me, uh, calling himself Fuego. He's like, hey, my name's Fuego. He sp- speaks kind of broken English. I speak Spanish. So we, we start talking. Fire. And sure enough, he's, he's like, hey, I got, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, fire. My name's Fire. He's like, I got, uh, I got, I got little girls and little boys. I said, you gotta be kidding me, you know. And we follow all the rules of entrapment. We let them do the talking, just kind of let them kill themselves. So yeah, I got twelve-year-olds, eleven-year-olds. Um, I can provide them tonight. There's a hotel back there, or you can rent a house. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is unbelievable. Eleven, twelve, or younger. I said, okay, well, um, listen, I, I, I'm not ready right now, but I'm gonna come down with a bunch of guys. A couple of weeks, we want to do a big party. So um, let's let's talk some more. So then he, how it works is these guys are kind of the intermediaries, yeah, yeah. And then they he introduced me to a guy in the mainland named Eduardo. Right. So I, I flew back later with, with to meet Eduardo, and this this is where it gets real hairy, you know, because this is where we go into their turf. Yep. Um, and I, I got a Colombian agent with me who's undercover, pretending to be my my guide, my taxi driver. Yep. And and we 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 go to Eduardo's house, which is like, did you ever see Clear and Present Danger? Oh yeah, 
Yeah, when they're in the the Colombian streets. Yeah, and they it, it looked like that neighborhood. In fact, I was just driving in. I'm, I was thinking of that scene. Wow, like, dude, this is a this is a good place to be to be uh, ambushed. Just, just ambushed right here. And there's just three of us, and we walk up into the um into this guy's condo apartment, and he's got his thugs around, and he's got his. Uh, it turns out one of them was a local cop who was on his payroll. Oh my god! Uh, and and they're armed, and they're they're watching us, and we got nothing but. You know, cameras, cameras. Yeah. And if they, if they check us and we, you know, we're, our guys, we're good. We're, our, our, my team, we have, you know, these guys who have years of undercover experience. We know how to talk our way in and out and right. whatever. So we sit down and this guy starts pulling out the pictures of these little girls as young as nine years old. Oh. He brings a couple of them into the room and he says, these are the ones you're going to have. And then, it, and I had this thought, you know, I'm like, man, we've got to, um, We've got to make this big. Yeah. And I, he's not going to introduce me to his competitors unless I compel him to introduce me to his competitors and bring all the kids from Cartagena that are being sold right now. So I told him, I said, you know, I'm not just interested in a weekend party. I said, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in your business plan. I mean, we, we want to be part of this. And he, so he starts opening up a little bit. He says, well, so let me tell you something. I, I have some, you know, Fuego's out on the Badu Islands. He's like, I have a couple acres I purchased on the islands out there. Wow. And, and the idea is I'm going to build a hotel. It looks like a hotel, but it's going to be nice and beautiful. And it's going to, it's going to look like a, a modeling school for children, but it's actually going to be a brothel oh. where Americans can come and engage. And I said, well, I'm interested in, in uh, investing in this. I mean, this is big business. And, and it, it truly is. The guy knows. I mean, th- these kids are sold for double the price of what you'd buy a prostitute for, right? Right. So it's, it's big business. It's bigger than drugs. I mean, because you, you sell a kilo of drugs once. You yep. sell a kid. These kids are sold 20 times a day. And oh. I'm not exaggerating. So, um, so it's, it's, it's big money. So he, he says, I need about a million dollars to finish the project. I said, man, I can get that for you. I said, but... You're only showing me that you have 12 kids. That's not enough to convince me that this is a, a worthwhile investment. Show me you got 50, and now we can talk. And so he, I saw him thinking, and I knew what he was thinking. Yeah. Do, I call my, do I call my competitors? Yep. So he says, okay, c- come back in a couple of weeks. Let's talk. So I come back, and sure enough, he's brought, he brought them all to the table. All of them, so, huh? All of them. And we're, so we're sitting at this little restaurant on, the, on the, this little hut on the beach of Cartagena and he brings them all out. And one of them, um, and, and this shows how these guys operate. So one of them is this woman named Kelly Suarez. She's beautiful. She's like 25 years old. She's like a famous model. Uh, what? She was, she was Miss Cartagena. She was Miss Cartagena like two years earlier. Oh. She's in like Colombian music videos and they use her and she knows exactly what she's doing. Right. Yep. They use her recruit to recruit the kids because they go and so some of the parents don't even know so they go to a a nine-year-old girl or boy and say hey we want to um i'm going to give you a scholarship to my modeling school yep and 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 the parent and they tell the parents your child's too beautiful to you know she can be rich and famous like me and these families of course buy into it and they send their kids wow and then they they slowly desensitize them right after a couple months they show them some porn give them some drugs and then they say, look, part of the job is you're going to go in that room and an American man is going to come and you're going to do what he says. And if you tell your parents what, what we're doing, they will, everyone's going to be dead, you know, Ugh. and they know how to, they know how to break these kids down. So they're scared to death. And so that's, that's what they were running. This, this kind of this, this situation. 
and, and getting to how we can operate where I couldn't before in the government. Yeah. These guys are saying, well, who's your investor? Who's your investor? Well, I, I need a guy who, who, um, who's got a backstop you know, that, that will protect him and protect us. So who do I show them? If, if I have a wealthy investor, there's going to be a paper trail on them. There's going to be something on the, on the internet, right? Yeah, on the right, guy. right. Yeah. And I don't, the, the government, we don't have that readily available, right? You've got to be, be, be preparing for years and years yep, and years. Yep. So what I did is I went to a guy who had been a donor to us. And I said, look, I'm going to ask you. And he, he'd actually been training with us too because he wanted to be a jump team member on uh -huh. our team. But he was, he was getting there. So it was just kind of perfect. And I said, look. This is outside the box. This is risky. I said, but it's, there, there's about 50 kids we can rescue. Wow. Would you be willing to play yourself? <laughs> so yeah. you're going to give him. No, he, he did. He was able to change his name. Oh, that's good. But the pictures on his Facebook page and, the, you know, how it, it clearly this, this guy's been around for a long time. So we, we took, we took the measures, security measures we could. But, but it's still, it's easy. It's easy, easy to connect. Oh yeah, so these so when these Colombian guys started look, checking him out on social media, they're like, "This guy's legit." And there's pictures with him. He was a very wealthy real estate investor, so he was. There's pictures of him with, with jets and mansions. Yeah. You know? And they're like, "This guy's legit." So they totally bought into it. Um, and so he. So basically, it, it culminated uh, on October 14th, um, in 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 uh, on the island. We rented a little cabana on on one of the islands near to where Eduardo had purchased his property. And they brought, I'm not kidding you, 54 kids to, oh. to the party. To, to, it was going to be a real sex party, but also it was showing the product, right. showing that they can, they can do this. This is and the of collateral. Course, yes, exactly. And the Colombians are, of course, they're, they're, it's their show. I mean, I want to give them the credit. We're, we're just assisting them. So they're on the island. They're, they're, they're pretending to be our, our butlers and maids and everything, and they're all packing, and they're all like protecting. and yeah. And, and um, you know, we told the bad guys, look, you come over here, you better not bring one. If you bring one gun, deal's over. Uh, and you're going to be patted down. I, I'll bring my own security. You're going to be patted down. If this guy I'm bringing from the States is big. And, he, and so they, they, got all, they all got patted down. And so now we have them on our island. Now they're on our turf. Yeah, yeah. The thing got so big. I don't have time to describe it all, but we actually had similar things going on in, in Medellin, Colombia. Wow. And in Armenia, Colombia. All at the we same had a total time. of all the same time. So we had a total because we just kept digging deeper and deeper into their networks. Right. So we had we had 121 tracking oh, victims souls. showing up at the same time all over this country. Oh my gosh, uh. Tim. So um, uh, the deal it, it went down just as planned. They, they exchanged the money. Um, it was uh, a pretty big you know deal just for that day. But then they were, were you know talking the numbers and. We gave them the sign once they once they said the right things and gave us the money and man the the, the Colombian agents stormed that beach and and everyone went down. There's a, it, you could go to um, if you Google CBS News. We actually it was so big we had to people wouldn't believe us. Right, right. So we actually brought CBS Nightly News. Oh my gosh! To, to prove this is real and to show the world. So if you were to Google CBS News, Tim Ballard, yeah, you'll see that you'll see the story. Everything I'm describing, you're gonna watch. Oh happen. my god. Yeah. We, we video we video everything. Yeah, uh, for evidence, right? Right. So, fifteen traffickers end up going down in one hour, and one hundred and twenty-one souls. Uh, yeah, and what unbelievable. Ha what happens to those kids, Tim? Yeah, so that's a great question. So we we have a whole aftercare department. Uh, that's to me the most important part of the of the whole program. 
so we won't even do an operation until I've sent my director of aftercare to vet out uh, the aftercare partners in that country. Right. We, ne we never sit back and let the governments we work with take care of that. Even though they ultimately have the final say, we tell them we will not help you unless you work with this and this agency who we have vetted out. Right. And we know that they can take care of these kids. Half the kids can't go home. Ever again, uh, right? Right, because a lot of times the parents were sincerely duped, and they didn't know. And you know, in those cases, they're or they don't even know where their kids are. Sometimes this happens in Guatemala, and the kids end up going not to Guatemala City, but to Cartagena, Colombia. Right, right, and and the parents don't, never hear a word, and they're they're like poor indigenous families that have no recourse. Right. So in those cases, of course, we get the kids back to their families, but in the case, most of the time, not most of the time, but uh, you know, a good portion. A good portion of the time, the families know they're on the take. They're, they're complicit. And they're, it's something that a parent can't. I can't comprehend, but I see it enough to know that it's, it's, it's real, real, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so that means when we partner with an agency, we have to make sure that that agency uh, can raise that child. Yeah, to, like, get that get that kid into college. Like that's their the goal, right? Or, or into some you know uh, some occupational program. And so that's, that's why we make sure we, we don't partner with agencies that don't have that. And if they don't have the resources, we follow up. Like I'm going back, I'm going, well, I'll get to the Haiti case. Yeah, yeah, too, yeah, please. I was going to get you there. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I literally yeah. have about 50 million questions every 30 seconds for you, but I yeah, don't want to interrupt and, and, you. And I know right. I'm kind of going rapid fire through this. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm skipping a lot of the details, but so any question you have. Okay. Um, but, but our team goes back. We go back and, and we know these kids. We don't let, we don't forget they're, they're, our, they're our family um uh, especially in the haiti case which i'll tell you about uh right now so that so that case that case is happening simultaneously we're in, we're in haiti it, you did two operations at the same time yeah we were literally bouncing back and forth between columbia and haiti oh my gosh tim in, in this first in this first year going back and forth um so so it was a very successful case um before i go to haiti let me finish this though because we and this is our this is kind of our um, our model is we go in and do this and then now these guys have the tools right. they've never done it before and and now they can do it without us yep. you guys see what we did and by the way yeah. we have a whole also we have a whole digital forensics program that we bring in and teach them how to use the internet to yep. do online investigations how to go on undercover these these kids are being sold online on Craigslist and you know social media they're being sold on escort sites and we teach them how to how to um, manipulate and, and, and infiltrate uh, these social media sites to find these guys. I have the best team on the planet. Um, they work out, out of the University of North Carolina. Right. Um, in our, our Child Exploitation Targeting Center. So, we, um, so we, we basically leave these countries with these tools and then we can kind of slowly move out. But we keep, we, we keep tabs on them. Right. So after that Columbia operation, we went back into those same parts of, of Columbia about three months later with different with a different group of American faces, right? Yeah. Walking around, yeah. pretending to be the tourists. And man, nobody would even talk about selling kids because they and they were referencing all these stories in the media. Like, are you crazy? You don't you can't don't ask for kids in this in this country. You're gonna get shut down. All these Americans have been arrested and, and I'm just like trying to keep Not the smile. Not to smile, yeah. 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 I'm like, yeah, I heard I heard about awesome. something like that. Yeah. Right, right. So then you, you realize you can shut it down. You you can shut it down in a region. You got to keep that deterrent healthy by by continuing to do operations. But the Colombians did. They in, in the weeks after they were continuing to use the models that we've given them, and they to this day they are. 
using the models and and they're keeping that deterrent alive and well and that protects kids i mean this this is what this is how we can rescue kids who never knew they needed rescuing and they never will know right, right because they were right. never taken in the first place so that's 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 kind of our model so and we can come back to to that just uh, if you have any questions, but I want to get into Haiti. Yeah, please do. Please do. If you're ready. No, I, I'm, um, I'm ready. Well, I'm not ready because so, I'm telling you right now, my my stomach is, are in knots. My heart hurts. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I can, if I if I think about it enough, I'm, you know, I'm going to get emotional here, dude. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's not all right, but I, we have to hear this. And I, and I really appreciate you sharing this stuff. I got to tell you. Thank you. Oh, I, I, I appreciate the opportunity because we can't we can't rescue more kids without people getting involved. And and that's and, and really that's the bottom line. I mean, that's one one of the great benefits of being a private organization is we can and will and should talk about it. Right. Like with, with, with you and others. You know, any great problem that we've had in the world that's gone away, it didn't go away because the governments by themselves took care of the problem. And and, and that's no that's that's not a rip on the government. I, I my my best client and my best Partners are my former colleagues, we right? Hand in glove, but child trafficking. We're talking about there's millions of kids in this. There's more people alive today that are enslaved than ever before in human history. I oh. read that in human history. Yeah, I read and, that, and, and, and it gets even worse. If you, if you, I mean, we talk about we eradicated slavery in this country and so forth, or at least a legalized form of, of slavery. Well, if, if you added up all those slaves we read about in history over 300, 400 years of the transatlantic slave trade, add them all up, right? Yeah. And there's still more living slaves right now than all of those. Oh, my over gosh. Over those hundreds of years. Wow. It's, it's, it's over 35 million people in slavery today and millions are children. It's, it's, it's estimated that about 6 million of those are children. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. And, and it's it's... It's just a number until you get in the field, until you mm. sit on the beach. And you see those faces and, and, of those and, and, children. And in 10 minutes, someone comes up and, and, and oh. offers you a 12-year-old, right? Could you please so, share, share the Haiti experience for us? People yeah. walking around in, in, in a world that exists around them, and you don't even see it. In a, unless, you're, unless you're absolutely, in the, until you decide to look for it, right? And then it's right there in exactly. your face. That, that's, until you look for it. That's the most poignant thing, you know, that we need to understand is that it's on us. To look for it. Yes. Yes. So. It's, it's a proactive endeavor. And most law enforcement agencies, including in the United States, don't have a lot of time to do proactive stuff because they're dealing with reactive, like right, the right. homicides and the dead body. You know, they got to investigate this. No, The kid's not going to drop on your lap. No. You have to be proactive. You've got to go in search of. Just yep. like the pedophiles go in search of, they find it so we can find it. Yeah. You got to go in search of. So, Haiti. Haiti... Now this this case was just so personal, and it and it got it, it continued to get more and more personal as as I went down this path, uh, because there's a real father here who yes. I'm relating with, and and I've made a promise to. So we go we go down there, and he he was telling me he, he said, look, there's one place, there's one person involved, um, that that there's one lead. Yeah, there's a woman. Her name is Evros. She was involved somehow, and the police knew because one guy was arrested in the case. Name was Carlos, and he uh, he was someone who had been fired by Gesno. He worked at the orphanage. He was embezzling money, got fired, and then in, in retribution, he connected with these thugs, and they said, "Let's let's kidnap the kid. We'll ransom him off." And Carlos thought, "I'll give you know I'll get the kid back to his father." But the kid knew him, so he literally walked into church. The kid knew he went to the same church. Oh. 
took the kid by the hand, said, hey, come over here, threw him on a, on, a, on a motorcycle of some thug, trafficker, and off they went. That was it. And witnesses saw enough, and the phone records confirmed Carlos was involved. So they arrested Carlos. Now, Carlos was calling constantly during this time to this woman named Yvros. And why she's interesting is that she has a compound full of kids. Yep. But it's not an orphanage. It's not, a, it's not a registered orphanage, so she can't adopt kids. So what, what's she doing with all these kids? Now, you understand, it, in Haiti, Haiti's a country, and you guys, I know, have visited places like this, right? Where it's, well, I've, I've, it's, done, it's, I've done missionary work in Haiti and, and, okay. and did some similar fact-finding, not on the level you did, but definitely did some in where our church was building something. Like, I got out there and did an intel package because I have some experience Perfect. in all that. And so, I, yeah, I, I, I know that's, that place well. So, like, in the U.S., if there was a woman or a group that was holding 28 kids in a, in a compound, someone would say something. Not, not necessarily in Haiti. Haiti is like, it's, it's like the book Lord of the Flies, right? It's right. just like, it's complete chaos. So if someone would see that, they'd be like, oh, there's another mom and pop orphanage or whatever. And no one would say anything. So, because people ask, how is this woman able to even do this? So she, she's at this, this compound and the police, the police said, yeah, we believe she's a person, person of interest, but she won't let us in. We can't get in there. I mean, I'm like, well, get a warrant. Like, we can't really do that. And we have to have more evidence. It's just bizarre to me because I could think of a hundred ways I could do it in the United States, but it's Haiti. So, and they told me, you can't get in there. She's not going to let you in there. I said, oh, we will get in there. I promise you. Well, we'll get in there. So I went down with my team and two of us, we walked in with hidden cameras. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was scary. We're walking in. She's got her thugs around and, and we're just like, hey, uh, Word on the street up in the States is that this is where you can pick up kids. That's all we said. That, are you kidding? Just and that us, Yeah. And they're just like, open, they open the gate. Like, Come on in. Because who, you know, the, 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 the chances that we're, that Americans are working with the Haitians, it just, it doesn't they, they never up. seen yeah. Right. So they let us in. These kids are in rags. They're just, and they bring them out, but the boss, Evros, wasn't there. It was a very different story when we actually planned. All of a sudden, the kids were dressed a lot differently. But on that first trip, they, they, they pulled these kids out. They were living in, like, these dark rooms. Yep. It, it, it was just horrible. They bring them out. And, um, and the Haitian government asked us to go. If she's selling kids, let her sell you one. And, you know, get it in a sting operation. Let's prove that that's what she's doing. And, and, and also, is Gardy there? Is Gardy anywhere in here? So, um we went in there and, and, um, and I had to pick, I had, I had to pick one of these kids to buy. You oh know? my God. The pressure of that brother. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and this, this little kid comes walking around the corner, tiny little guy in these, in these enormous shoes that were probably five times, the five sizes too big for him. And my heart just melted. I don't, I don't know why it was, it was God. Yep. I know that. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to buy, I want that one. And now Haiti, understand Haiti is one of the highest per capita trafficking Trafficking countries, uh, yeah. slave labor, organ harvesting, everything, and, and, uh, and sex trafficking. A lot of the, a lot of the girls get sent across the border into Dominican Republic. Yep. So we followed that over. We've done two sting operations. We've rescued about sixty kids oh. in uh, Dominican Republic as as a result of following the the, the trafficking Trail, trails. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it, I'd say probably eighty percent is, is slave labor in, in in Haiti. They have, if you remember, if you've heard them talk about the rest of Vicks, yes, it's. it's 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 this system of legal. It's like culturally accepted slavery. Yep. Yeah. Where, the, where the kids are sent to work for for mostly in the rural parts of Haiti. It's it's horrible. It's horrifying. And then and then they are then contracted out to work on the Dominican side, all along the Dominican border, with Haiti. It's avocado, 
plantations and oh, and these kids are, are forced they're forced labor it's yeah. unbelievable so we go in there and i pick up this little kid and i'm holding him and i'm like oh my gosh my heart's melting i'm like i'm gonna buy him and and evros she's not there the first day but the second day we go she has the kids all dressed up nice yep. this time because she's because we, we caught her off guard you know um uh, but she had sold enough kids that she believed it was reasonable that we would know to come here. And she starts telling us, yeah, I sell kids. And we even said, well, wouldn't it be safer to adopt them? She's like, no, 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 I don't do that. It's just, it's $10,000. You pick whatever one you want. No questions out, asked, take the kid. Um, just heartbreaking. So, cause I know, again, I know what's going to happen to them. Yeah. You got wealthy, you got these wealthy guys in the middle East and other places that don't, they don't want to wait for a heart for their kid. So they just send their operator to, to Haiti and buy a kid and, and take and, the heart. The heart out and, and dump the body. I mean, it's Ugh. it's just it's it's horrifying. But this is this is the reality. So um, so I'm holding this little kid, knowing what his future could be if we weren't here, you know. And it's just it's it's hard being undercover. I mean, I finally stopped. I'm I'm, I'm after 15 years. I've I've thrown in the towel. Plus, I've done some media because it is just it is it's so hard. It is so hard to, to and I've got to pretend like I want this kid, you know. Or sometimes sometimes we got to pretend that we want to have sex with these kids. I mean, mm-hmm. and convince the, the traffickers. So you can imagine how, how heart-wrenching this is. So, um, so I take this little kid, and I'm, and I'm walking around, and I have my other operators kind of keeping Evros occupied because I'm looking for Gardy. And I'm seeing there's, there's 28 kids around, and I, I, can't, I couldn't get to every corner, but I, didn't, I couldn't find him. Right. But then this other little girl is following me where I'm going, and I, I'm kind of trying to get her away. I don't want to cause attention right, yeah. to me. So I pull out a, a, a chocolate bar. It turns out these kids are all on the verge of starvation. You can tell because the little, their little tummies are already yep. starting to trude and their eyes, eyes are great. Yeah. Yeah. It's just horrible. Um, and uh, I gave her a chocolate bar and she does something that I've never seen any of my kids at least do. Um, she, she, she um, instead of running away with it, she breaks it in half and runs towards me and, and puts it into the hands of the little boy. And... You know, she's oh. starving. Oh. Um. You're awesome, brother. You are oh, awesome, man. No, it's all right. You're awesome. And God, God is speaking through you right now. So, um, anyway, there's brother and sister, right? So we, so we go down and this is the hard part, right? You want to do this in the op and you can't. You can't. The whole thing's, mm-hmm. the whole thing's blown, right? So we go back down and I, and I say, look, uh, I want this kid, but is this his sister? She's like, oh, no, no, no. And I, and I knew. I mean, I knew inside, not just from the candy bar thing. I knew. I said, don't lie to me. She's like, fine. Yeah, they are, but it doesn't matter. And, and I can't act like I care too much. Right. But I'm just looking at this woman like, you are a whore. You are a whore. You're just an absolutely evil human being. Not only are you selling kids, but you, you're not even trying to. I mean, all, these, all this little kid has in his whole world is his sister. Yeah. And, and, and it's all they have is each other. And you don't even, you're worried about the sale, right? So I say, well, I need to, and just for the ops, operational purposes, they would be together at least yeah. for, the, for the day or two that it took. So I said, well, I, want, I want both of them anyway. She's like, fine, that's another 10000 She's like, in fact, the price is now 15000 for each. She, she upped the price. I'm like, whatever. I'm not even going to negotiate. I'll take it. Yeah. So, um, uh, and we end up getting the money back, of course, at the end of the op, but so we pay for the kids. We, we do the op and we're able to, to rescue all the, all the kids. Um, get them out of there. Get them in good places. Evros goes to jail. Her daughter goes to jail. Carlos is in jail. We shut the place down and get the kids in, into good places. 
Um, and then something happens. See, this, the story's not not over. Right. You know, yeah. Cardi wasn't there. Yeah, Cardi wasn't there. And um, we had a couple of leads though come out, and we're we're we're, we're closer than ever to Guardi. I mean, we're we're working every day in Haiti. We I have a team constantly there, uh, up in up in the region where right. the rest of Right. So we have we have good leads on that, and and off offline, I can tell you guys more about what what we're doing. Please, please. In Haiti right now. Um, so uh, so that night I'm in bed and I, and I'm happy. We, oh no! First, let me tell you about Geshno. This is the kind of guy Geshno is. You should have him on your show someday. I would love um, to. He's one of our best friends. Um, I said, Gesno, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, Guardy wasn't, he wasn't there. And this man took maybe 10 seconds to grieve that fact. You know? Yeah. My son wasn't there. He's like, okay. He says, but what about the 28 kids? I said, they're all safe. They're all out. They're all safe. And he said, good. And then he said something I, I'll never comprehend in my life i'll never be able to be this kind of person that he is um he said i want you to know that if i had to lose my son so that you and your team could come and rescue those 28 kids and that i if i never see my son again but those but knowing those 28 kids were were rescued as a result of my son being taken then that's a burden i'm willing to bear for the rest of my life huh. and i'm just look i just looked at him and just like I'll tell you what, brother, I, 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 would, I wouldn't say that. I, I couldn't honestly say that. I don't know how, but I believed him. It was real. Right. Um, and he's just crying. I mean, he's saying this through tears. So um, he is so, in fact, excited and happy that these kids are rescued. Right. Instead of being bitter, like, well, they're rescued. What about my kid? He brings a lot of those kids into his orphanage to, t- and take, to take care oh. of them. Oh my God! So, um, so here's where the story gets even more interesting. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And I'm gonna try not to cry here, um, but I probably will cry. Um, so I'm laying in bed that night. And I'm thinking I'm kind of it's kind of bittersweet, you know. Like I just had this talk with a guest, but the kids are safe, and and I bonded with those two little kids so much. I mean, I mean more than I ever had. And I've done I've been, I've been doing this for over a decade, right? So I've been here before, but I couldn't get those kids out of my mind. And I, um, and when that happens, I, that's when I kneel down and I pray. I say, God, take these kids out of my mind. I can't, I've yeah. got to emotionally detach or I can't go on. Um, cause it's really hard. You know, you, you bond with these kids because again, you picture where their lives would have been. And now they're this way and, and you want to, you want to make sure that they have all the happiness they can have. I, I, it's weight. And, it's a weight. I can't fathom. It's, 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 oh, yeah. and, and, and the, it's amazing that you can. That you can even have it. I mean, it's it's a part of your entire. It is your existence to bear that weight yourself. I, I, it's. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm in awe of you right now. And oh well, it's. Believe me, I. It's it's. If I didn't have if I didn't have faith and and but I, I wouldn't care. I couldn't carry this burden. It's a burden that you never let go. You know. Ever. Um. And um. But these two kids in particular, I couldn't. I couldn't get. I couldn't get out of my head. And so. I kneel down and I pray and God usually takes care of it right away. Like, boom, they're gone. Tim, move on. I will take care of them. Don't worry. But that's not what happened during this prayer. <laughs> the more I prayed, the more I saw them. I saw them more and more and more in my head. And, 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 I, and, and it was kind of devastating because they were with me in the police station uh, after the op. And they were just hugging me. Like, they just loved me. 
they were hugging me and 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 um and then I, ha- I had to go testify before the judge and then I came back and they were gone. The, oh, no. the, 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 the child services had come in and took and taken them to get to put them to house them. Right. And they wouldn't tell me where they were and they said you can't see them. That that's our laws. I mean, which I understood. You 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 gotta isolate them from anyone else because they're victims, right? Right. And, and so I couldn't access them yet, and I didn't, or I didn't even know where they were. And I had these two little teddy bears that I had brought for them that they were holding. Yeah. And I remember walking into that room and seeing the two teddy bears just I sitting there. Left. Just sat, sit, um, and I had a buddy with me again. Another guy you you know, Marcus. You remember uh, Mark Mabry? Do you remember Mark? Oh he, yeah. He interviewed you. So Mark was Mark Mark Mabry was with me on this whole trip. Right. He's one of my buddies, and he's one of our digital evidence guys that takes yeah takes photos. So I just I just held Mark. Like, I just hugged Mark like, dude, like these kids are gone, you know. Yeah. And and so um, I I don't know what to do. God's not giving me what I want. So I call my wife, middle of the night. I'm like, hey, can you come down here? Like I'm struggling. Uh, like what? You've never asked me. You've been all over the world. You've never yeah. asked me to come on an operation. And I said, well, the op's over, but I just want you to meet these two kids. I got you know, and and she and I hadn't even thought more that, more than that. Right says to me you want to adopt those kids and i had again never thought that especially given the circumstances of my family where i already have six kids i'm already gone all the time <laughs> like there's no way i'm gonna put that on my wife and i said no that's not what i'm thinking and then there's just silence on the other line <laughs> i was like yes is that what i'm thinking <laughs> like what what she, she knows you know why i her soul, man, if she doesn't take two seconds and comes right back and says, I don't need to come down because she's more faith. She's a more, her, her relationship to, to God is greater than mine. Right. And, and she just says to me, she says, you know, I don't need to come down. If you, you need to go just get the paperwork, just go start doing it. Just start doing it right now. Wow. Um, so, um, so they, they should, they're, they're going to be home next uh, probably February, March. This is happening now. This is happening now, man. It's it's a three year process to adopt a child from Haiti, if you can believe that. Yeah, well, but um, then. we're about we're about just four or five months away from bringing them home. I see them all the time. I'm I'm, I'm going to go see him. I'm going to bring him Christmas presents next week. I'm going down to see him next week. You are a living so, saint, brother. Congratulations, no, man. No, my wife is. My my wife is. I, I'll get, no, I think she's next level <laughs> up, right? <laughs> is there another level yeah, higher? Don't, down, don't downgrade her, man. Yeah, yeah. Don't break, <laughs> she's an angel, dude. No, she is an this. angel of God. Of those kids, seven are being adopted right now. Oh, God bless Different that. Families. And the others are the others are good. Like we're taking care of them. We're bringing them Christmas. We see them. We know where they're at. Um, and and that's again. To us, that's one of the most important parts of our program is that we we um, follow up with the kids. We make sure they have what they need. And well, that was that's what been has been just you know just in my heart right now. Like really, because you we are the great gift that God gives us is our ability to look towards the future and our ultimate future as you you could face is your your judgment and. In that future, obviously, what you want to believe is that there are a lot of positive outcomes for these kids, but I'm sure there's negative ones as well, too, that they're, they don't make it. They, they're back into Absolutely. slavery. And, Absolutely. And, and, and there's times there's times when they don't heal, and they, 
the older ones will, will sometimes run away from the shelters we provide them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we rescue adults, you know, that get caught up in the net, but we can't make them get healed. We can't make them come to to our healing centers and they and you watch them go back. Yeah, it's, it's not all it's not all you know positive. Yeah, it's story. not all happy endings for sure at all. Right. My 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 question now is, and, and Marcus, let me know if you're thinking this too. Is obviously you have, I mean, just me sitting here in this seat and I, you know, I know Marcus well enough now to where I can see when, you know, he changes a little bit and, 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 and Marcus is presents and, and, and not the the one that you want to ever have in front of you in a bad way. And obviously you have recruited this ultimate team, these people that are drawn to you by your voice, by your passion by God's word speaking through you, God's action speaking through you. What happens to the men that you bring on the team, the women you bring on the team? Because you watch this transformation. Obviously, there's an initial, I, I, you know, I want to help. I want to change. I want to go and seek vengeance or rescue and oh, yeah. what what that 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 spark. But you see the real world change when when that reality of evil presents itself to hard men and hard women, what do you witness in, in your teammates? Oh man, it is, we, we, we prepare them. First of all, we prepare them very well beforehand. You know, we tell them like, look, you're, you're going to go in and see something you've never seen in your life. You, you won't believe that humanity is capable of this kind of, you know, thing. Um, and so we bring them in slowly, right? Like the first operation, they'll be sitting in the wings kind of watching pretending to be just drinking a beer in the background while the deals are being done. And then some of them don't make it past that. They right. just come and say, I can't, I can't. Like I'm going to, if you put me in with an arm's wrench reach of this, of the guy, I will reach out and strangle him. And I say, I understand that feeling, you know, go, go fundraise for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put you in. Um, but the one thing that always happens to everybody, I mean, you got these guys who are tough and they're, and they're, They've, been, they've seen crazy things, right, in their lives. But there's always that moment where you come home, usually in the op, and you guys can relate with this. In the op, you could probably see anything yeah. and be fine. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're mm-hmm. dialed in. Mission focus. Yeah. It, it happens afterwards, right? You come back. Um, and then there's, you know, it, it happens to me all the time. I mean, I, I see, I see um, and most, my, we have a guy, we have a psychiatrist a psychologist on, on, just on, just on staff who volunteers his time and travels and, and meets our guys. Cause it, again, I, I couldn't even begin to, to describe the things we've seen. You, you, uh, things happening to children that I will, I wouldn't even begin to describe and people wouldn't believe was physically possible, but that's, it is, it's, it's beyond terrifying. You couldn't even dream up in your mind um, before you saw it. So I'll be with these these hardened men and women, and they're just bawling. We're, we're we're crying like babies. Like after it's all over, we're in a place in a room. We're talking about it, and it's just it's it's it happens to me. I'll be sitting in a movie or a church. Yeah, and it'll be two weeks after the op happened. Or well, that's when I, you can't. You, it's not up to you when it hits you at all. Oh, not it's not up to you at all, man. It, it can just be I see a little kid, uh, and boom, it reminds me of something, and I'm just and my wife knows, you know, just. She insulates me and, you know, wherever I And you've got to work through it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, Tim, Tim, you know, I mean, you, obviously you being the founder and, 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 the, 
and, and this is your life. I mean, obviously your family, your wife is your life. God is your ultimate life. How do you, how do you help people try and describe how present God is every day, right? Because Marcus and I talk about it, you know, in, in our own unique way that, you know, when, it, when things get heavy or got heavy, you just know, right? The, the presence, right? Yeah. I mean, you talk about it a lot. That that you know God is there. Yeah, you know, there's a song that um, I can't listen without just getting super emotional uh, by Alabama called uh, I believe what's the, about the angels. Angels among um, us. Angels, angels among us. Angels among us. Yeah. I can't listen that song. I can't tell you how how true the oh, principles the are. In that at song. the end, man. When the chorus. Is- <laughs> You guys know the song I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And you and and uh, you know, Marcus, I've read your book, and I know that I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. But you know, people have asked me, how do you how do you sit across from evil guys and evil and still believe in God? How can God, God exist when these evil things are happening? And I said, I said, you know what? You might understand the answer to this, but some of my most spiritual experiences are in that uh, in my life have been while sitting across the table buying and selling children. And, and it's because I'm telling you, in those dark moments, angels are with us. Like, I know it. I mean, and the more I do it and the more I pay attention, the more I, I, you feel, I it. feel it. I feel that they are there and, 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 and things happen. Doors open that shouldn't open, right? Yep. Uh, a, gu- a, gun, a gun lands at my side, you know. <laughs> right. But it shouldn't have landed at my side, you know, referencing Marcus <clears throat> and stuff. Like, it's, oh. that stuff happens to us all the time. And, and I'll tell you what. And I've been, in, I've been doing this for 15 years, and it's very rare. Sometimes it happens. It's very rare to find someone who can make it in this that's, that, that, that does not have that kind of belief system. The faith, the that true faith. faith, the blind faith, the driving faith, the, the faith of that apostle. I mean, because you, you, are, you are doing the real work of God. You are going into the lion's den, and, the, and, and you know, you're able to keep your your cool your focus your clarity through that 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 strength man what how long does it take you you know after to process get back up and go back out the door you know it's it takes a long time and 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 something else we do i should mention right before an operation um right like right before about to go in uh we send out a prayer request yeah um Oftentimes I'll, I'll have Glenn do it because he's he's talking to thirty million people. I'll say, Glenn, I can't di- don't give details. I can't give you details. I need I need I need prayers right now. And Glenn will get on the show and just say, guys, I you know OUR is doing something right now. Get on your knees if you can. And we believe in that. We feel that you know and and um, but you know who has that spiritual influence more than us is the kids that were. I, I bet. That's what I was going to ask you because they're they're making it in hell. Yes, they're 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 not. You know, I'm sure they're right on the cusp of death, but there's something that keeps them alive. And, oh, and they have they yeah, have hope, that insulation. Right? I mean, that's, and that's that's what keeps you going. That's what keeps the guys going back in there, man. Is yeah, you you, you go down into hell for kids. You go anywhere for kids, man. Yep. So who cares how much pain you got to take to get them out of there? That's the Anything. That's the rub, right? Yep. Yeah, I almost, you know, I almost quit. Look, I, I, I got to give it to my guys who have the, <laughs> I, I think way more of my guys than I think of, of, of me. Right. Because um, I see that they, they do it better than I do, uh, even though I started it. Uh, there's been many times I, I almost quit. I mean, 
Um, and it's always my wife usually who picks me back up. Uh, but um, why? Why did you want to quit? I mean, why? Why is just because the, the, of the pain? Because of the pain, and it's embarrassing to say this because, in fact, Marcus Marcus said something just now that reminded me. Another thing my wife told me, apart from the hey, picture yourself meeting with your maker, and and now <laughs> your priorities change real quick. Um, but there was one time I remember I came home and collapsed and just thought I can't, I can't, I can't. I had seen something again and I, I couldn't do it. And in and, and her gentle way, but with truth, you know, she says, she's like, Tim, she's like, I know whatever pain you're, you're feeling right now, compare that pain to the, the pain of the kid you just helped rescue. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just felt sh- just ashamed. Totally. Like my, my, Small. My pain is nothing. Like how, how dare that I even discuss my pain. Right. You know? Uh, like Marcus said, these kids are in hell. What are you going to do? You're not, you're not going to go well, in yeah, there. Exactly. And, and that's, that's what keeps you going, man. The pain you're feeling is theirs. Right. Right. It, it, yeah, it transfers. Not, no, you're talking yeah, I mean, transcendental you're not, you're, yeah, I mean, passage not, of energy, man. And that's what going happened. through what you went through to get to them is one thing, but them sitting down in that. So immediately when you go in there and you know, it's over, it's child's eyes, right? They, they flush everything that was all that emotion that just, if they have the reality check that it that it's over, hopefully, then you just you just sucked it all in because that moment of enlightenment, I would imagine, when you get rescued, I know what it's like to get rescued. There's a moment <laughs> of enlightenment there, and I think that you all the happiness that flushes in there, man, it flushes all that bad stuff out. And whoever's standing next to you, usually your savior, right, sucks it all in. So it takes you. I mean, it takes days for you to be back home in the you know in the shower, and you're like, what what is this? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but. Yep. Yeah, the once you go through that whole emotional ride, then you got to remember there's there's another one out there. Saddle up. We got to go back. Get back in it. Always back in yeah, the fight. Yeah. And you can't do that without your boys, right? And ultimately, is that is when you get the the woman, the strength they have. Yeah. I mean, yep. uh, My favorite picture is the one where the where the, where the Hulk's on his knees and she's standing there going, even you know, a woman can tame the most savage beast. Well, that's what they're there for to contain that. And then when they yep. jerk that chain off is when we go to work. And you have to ask somebody to put us back in the cage. Otherwise, we'll... That's right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, you're dead on, man. Well, Tim, I, I, I'm, again, and I, and I don't know, I think I've, I've said this maybe twice or three times in my whole life because, you know, I've, I've, I've been around, I've seen some things, and, um, you know, I, as a paramedic and working on the streets and in, in New York City and, and you know the greatest and in San Antonio the, the, the greatest hardship I ever had was picking up kids right and and seeing the kids in squalor and filth and going to Haiti and seeing kids eat mud pies for sustenance and and going to the local hospital in Miraguan and they're not being a single antibiotic in the whole place and watching children dying in those gurneys and feeling helpless and 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 to know that you exist I am in awe and, uh, Thank you. Thank you so much. I, again, I have a team that does it way better than me, and I'm just grateful for them. I'm grateful to you guys for helping us. I mean, like I said, we can't solve this problem unless everybody gets involved, and so we appreciate it. So how do we do that? Us. How do the people who are listening to this show right now get involved with you? What can they do? What are the everything? Tell us right now, please. It's, it's you know, our website's pretty good at telling us, t- telling the story and telling how people can help us out. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, whether it's a donation or pe- people have skills that we need, you know, uh, but it's, it's OURrescue.org. It's O-U-R, which is an abbreviation for Operation Underground Railroad, OURrescue.org. Awesome. Well, Tim, um, man, all I can say is God bless you. And 
and and use us as a tool to help any any mm-hmm. any anything you need please we, we, we let let us help you so thank you guys I appreciate it i really do yeah brother anything you need man awesome I'm uh, I'm speechless, brother. I'm I'm absolutely speechless. I I don't know. I mean, there were three three or four times as he was talking that I was losing it. I don't know if you saw me. I did the old you know put my head down, <laughs> look off to the side. <laughs> armpits, but, armpits yeah, yeah, sniff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just no. I'm just checking my you know. But no, I mean that <laughs> that hit me. And I couldn't stop it because how does. I, what just kept going through my mind was those kids and that look, especially the story in Haiti, right? Yeah. With those, the girl with the her, her brother and the candy, and then the way they were holding on. Imagine that look. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, uh, I was trying to think of something. To, I mean, this is we're supposed to be asking. I was trying to think of something to say, man. But I was just one of them deals where you you're standing next to somebody, just man, shut up, you know, just let them let them talk. He, that's it's. Tough note to put yourself in a situation where you have to go into that all the time, and then to when you have the the, the kids there staring oh. at you and and trying to offshoot. I can only imagine that they're trying to, the look in their eyes is please don't do anything to me. You know what I mean? Then you got animals. or don't let go of me. Right? You know this we, is they what no, they've been. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About, you know, the dude walking yeah, in yeah. there for a reason, man. Yeah, just, oh, you're right. In the beginning, in for the beginning, sure. yeah. <clears throat> but uh, their little minds racing because. Yeah, Adults are humans are supposed to take care of the children, raise them to be right. So when you have that going against itself, it's, it's man. It, I guess it just flips everything on its on its head. It's so unnatural that it's it's just uncomfortable to even talk about. It looks like everybody else. I mean, I the reason I don't talk about it is I guess the damn mad. Yeah, I saw you. I, I mean, if you, you if if this was the with the video, man, I mean, I saw you that transition happened to. One of the thing, one of the thing I just want to ask you about because when you said it, it, it really hit me hard. It was like I got you know smacked in the back of the head or kicked in the temple of Shakabuku. Uh, the when you talked about um, being you know uh, saved, right, and mm-hmm. the transference of that, the eyes and the energy and how that happens and plays out. Um, I, you know, and, and could, I don't know if you can give some reference or some context of what that feels like through your whole body. Well, you're in a state of, of survival, right? And, right. And, and um, the, the unknown is what gets you to when you're in a, in some, in a position to where every second is, is, uh, is unknown to you. And then, when that that person comes in and you recognize them as as a as kind of a safety net, a safety blanket, then I think sure, man, it's one of those deals where all that trans, all that energy, all that emotion that you had been living in up till then just gets pushed right on top of the person because they they first of all they, when they look in your eyes they see it right yeah and then you go from being um, scared to death to putting. Everything, you complete yeah, elation, everything you right. got into whoever that is. Yeah, yeah. And that, you, that person feels it, have to, right? Like, hey, please don't let anything else happen to me, right? Wow. So I'm gonna, It says it the ultimate trust. Yeah, right then and there. No words spoken or anything, probably just throwing it just on, on top of that person. So it's, and I, I, 
and from what he was saying and from what you know you and i have been yeah. through man it's literally the next day you you feel that it's like your body's allowed that or can't hold it back anymore right is what it is yeah allowed it. it's just it's already in there and it comes out it comes right um, out man right when wow. you let your guard down probably yeah yeah. And, um, well, you saw it with him, man. Sure, as, and that's what I'm saying, man. I just can't do that job. I mean, <laughs> forever. And if you do, man, I would imagine you need to rotate positions. Like I'll sit in the van on this. Yeah, one. yeah, you know, yeah. I just can't. Yeah, no, it's impossible. We're not. I don't think we're built that way. No, and that's that's what happens to those of us who stay in these career paths so long, man. That that innocent side is is gone. Yeah, and, you know, crying. You know what I'm saying? I, you don't. There's two two emotions. You're either happy or you're it's on, on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's that's profound. I mean, I, I just this was one of those shows, man. That I like. I, I'm I'm just in awe of what he does. His focus, his faith. I mean, how about his wife, man? Yeah. I mean, that woman and watch how she can read him and how tapped in they are together through their faith. I mean, if 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 a guy, so if you're listening right now, right, let's talk to the listener who doesn't have faith like we do, right, or doesn't, hasn't imagined that they can have faith like Tim and his wife. You know, my, my, my comment to you is go back, rewind this thing, and listen to how he describes all those things with utter clarity. And I think that's, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to ask him, you know, what are the three or four things that he can tell everybody, yeah. you know, to, 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 start the process of never quitting because I think it was so ingrained in his answers that his faith is the, the starting point. Yeah. And even if for people who don't have faith, man, when you, if you're in a situation like that and that person who comes in and rescues all your faith goes into that, to that. And it is faith. It is sure. I mean, you believe for the faith and please don't let anything else happen to me. I mean, the guys who came in and got me out, I, I still buddies with, and I keep in contact with, uh, with the medic, especially yeah. every time I see him, oh, I that's what him. happens. In I him, that's him what rolls yeah. into my head. Yeah, and just that. That you just want to grab him and say, "Hey, yeah, man!" man I just, <laughs> uh, it's weird because I'm a grown man, and, and but when he's standing next to me, I feel safe. That's cool. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. It's a it's a weird transfer. I I've never talked about this, but. That's the deal. When he's standing there, I feel safe. And we're not even in a weird situation. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, that connection. Because he came to get me. Yeah. And he rescued me. He's, you know, you know, all, they all did, but yeah. his, his, he's the first face yeah. I saw. It was that link, that linkage. Sure, it was the man. transference of that energy. No, I, would, I mean, he'd be the one to get on here. Uh, dude. You know what I mean? Brother, Ask him, I, like, I, hey, I man, would, after you got done with me, did, did I, it, I, you, you know me, bro. Anytime you look at me and say, hey, this is a guy I think we should bring on. Yeah. What do I do? Dude, I'm like, ding, 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 ding. hey, would you please come on Team Never Quit Podcast? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, listen, I, you know, I, I hope you listening to this show. You, you've been touched. You, you've heard the word of God. You've heard the message that you can make a difference in the world if you just run don't be afraid to run to the darkness with the light in your heart and you can change things. You can save lives. You can plant seeds. You can change yourself. And that's what the beauty of this whole process that Tim shares is that he was changed. Yeah. His purpose was changed. His focus. Good people step into the darkness all the time. Just never forget that you're a good person, right? And that's what that, it takes. That's your, that's your body armor right there. You can, you, I mean, we survive in hell. That's our job, but... You know, your boys are good, right? Yeah. That's the reminder. Even if you, my sea daddy, he'd always say, he's like, look, man, I, I want you on the edge where the demons live. I'll pull you back. That's all he said to me. I'll, you know, that, that kind right, of deal. Right, right. So when you're young and going and, and. Yeah. But after a while, 
living on <laughs> it's it, the the edge becomes muddled and, it, and it, yeah. so it's it's what there's a little bit of darkness over on this on on both sides a little bit of light on both sides surviving that middle part it is is and i and i believe that through the the the, the word of god and you, you can do that so uh listen to learn more about tim please visit his website our rescue.org if you want to know more about us or you want to share your greatest never quit with story with us go to ours tnqpodcast.com uh, subscribe to us on, on iTunes and, and I, I just want to on this one brother I want to thank God for talking to me today I want to thank Christ uh, I want to thank my children uh, for how much I love them and what they do for me and, and I want to thank Tim and I want to thank you Marcus because uh, you know Without you, brother, I couldn't be able to do this show. So thanks, brother. Yeah, brother. And um, to the good Lord above and to the, to the wife. But yeah, to him, man, and what he's doing. Good on you, brother. Amen. I'm out. I'm out.